Welcome to the Get Emergent Podcast. This is a podcast about leadership development, improving communication, and enhancing team performance. I'm Cindy Massingill. And I'm Ralph Simone. And we're doing a special podcast today. We're all kind of in the same situation, working from home, social distancing. And if it sounds like we're working from home, I guess we should talk about the fact that we are actually working from home. And on the phone, which uh, so we may sound a little different than we have sounded in uh, past podcasts. Our topic today is we were asking the question, what can leaders do during this time to really emerge almost stronger on the other side of this ordeal that we're going through? And how can we use this time to um, really just build up some of the key practices that will help us lead not only, only during this time, but even come out of the gate stronger on the other side? Absolutely. And I think one of the things that, you know, people, I think, have taken the first step of making their people safe and having them set up virtually so that they can get, get back to work. But man, there's so many things we can do. I remember talking to a guy the other day and he was so anxious about what he no longer can do. And I certainly could understand it, but I asked him the question, well, you got a long list of what you can't do. What can you do during this time period? And I think that shifted his energy a little bit because there are so many things that we don't get to when we're going at warp speed, when we're constantly interrupted and when we're constantly connected. So I I do think this is a unique period in time where we can actually reinvent ourselves as leaders. And for the the purpose of this podcast is really to talk about those those key things that we really can do right now that will absolutely make a difference, not only in ourselves and how we're feeling about this whole situation, but also make a difference with our families around us. We're spending a lot more time with them, with our teams that are working remotely and um, really impacting ultimately the organization and our communities as well. Uh, We want to talk about three key areas and let's dive right into all of those. The first one uh, we want to talk about is helping our leaders to keep their eyes on the ball. And the second is around just practicing confidence and calm, remaining confident and calm during this. And the third is around restorative practices. And what are those restorative practices that will um, help us be more energized during this period and beyond? Why don't we start with what we mean by keeping your eyes on the ball? I love that. I love that. So what do we mean by that? Well, you know, we were talking about not losing sight of vision and purpose. You know, I think mm-hmm. we can easily, this this time of ambiguity, intense change, I mean, almost on an hourly basis. There was uh, just recently, I heard about two hours ago that the governor of New York announced that now all construction workers can't go on the job sites now. So the, I mean, these rules and the, and mm-hmm. the way the game is played is just, it's changing by the hour, right? And so, and I think those, those types of situations can really get in the way of what our true purpose and vision is. Our first inclination to the response of, you know, the ask of social distancing was canceling all the events on your calendar, all dates are to be determined. And Mm -hmm. um, understandably, I get that, right? We're all wanting to social distance, but why does it have to be like that, right? Yeah, well, it it doesn't need to be either or in all industries, in all 
facets or aspects of the business. And if something was a good idea as part of a goal or a strategy at the beginning of the year, it is still a good idea, regardless of what's happened. And what may change is when and how it gets eliminated. But staying focused on that vision and purpose is one of the things leaders can do to kind of keep people's eye on the ball and keep them moving in the direction of their intended outcome. You know, I believe now more than ever is this is definitely a time to be honed in on prioritizing, right? But it doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily have to mean canceling. You know, some of these commitments are precisely what we need to keep business and the economy going. And, you know, even in this time of crisis and chaos, the broader why for a leader's purpose, it should never be compromised, right? It's just, this is our time to shine. This is our time to lead. lead. Priorities are going to change, but our purpose should never change. And as you said, how the how part might change, the when part might change, but the why will never change. And so I think one of the key things we want all our listeners to really just stop and reflect about is, are you keeping your eyes on the ball? And I think there's some ways of doing that that are really simple. You know, the first thing I did was get out my journal and write down, okay, what is my ball? What's my ball? What's my team's Mm. ball? And what's the organization's Mm. ball? And what are the outcomes associated with that to make sure that I'm honed in on what matters most? You know, there's going to be some things that can go by the wayside at this moment, but really making sure that we're all aligned with what's on the ball. I I love the distinction you're making. I mean, there's certainly a certain amount of fear and safety associated with this, but when we operate from that perspective, we're not nearly as creative or innovative as we need to be. And so I love this shift of keeping our eye on the ball is remembering our vision and our purpose. And then we mm-hmm. can get extremely creative while we're still a little afraid around how we can make things happen. Like I recently received something in an email that talked about our language around activities. And this one group said that they don't, they don't cancel anything they postpone or repurpose their activities. And I thought for me, wow, that was, that was empowering. That was exciting. It wasn't ignoring the reality of the current challenge, but it was reframing it from a purposeful perspective as opposed to a safety or fear perspective. I, I thought it was just a wonderful way of looking at it. That's great. I love that word repurpose. I'm going to use that. I had a couple people call me and ask me, well, should we cancel? Should we postpone? And when we started talking about, okay, let's go back to the original intention of why we even set this date in the first place. We realized after we were talking it through that we got to keep this on the calendar and we got to do this. It's hotter now more than ever because the people that are going to be participating in this conversation can really use this to help them get through these trying times. And I honestly think, you know, I was reading an article, the CEO of Corn Ferry, and he was talking about, you know, what's changed? The world of work has changed already just by what's happened in this less than two week period. Right. And mm-hmm. um, he's absolutely right. I think this challenge of really thinking about, okay, how can we keep this commitment, but just do it differently? The how part is exactly what's going to make us better on the other side, because we're going to be more effective, more productive, and more impactful 
potentially on the other side, I might be a little optimistic, but, uh, but um, I think we need optimism during this time period. And I, one of the activities I've been working on and we've talked about on our team is keep a log of the things that you might not want to continue doing when things go back to normal. This is an excellent opportunity to take a look at how we do things. And we're going to find that we're more productive in some instances doing things remotely and virtually than in person. Not all things, obviously. So I think we need to keep track of, you know, when we return to normal, what should not return to normal? What should be different still with our eye on the ball of our purpose and our intentions and our vision? I love that. That's almost like another form of, of the word that you used a few minutes ago around repurposing. Mm-hmm. So let's go to the second sure. idea that we talked about. And that was practicing confident and calm or being confident and calm yes. during this time. Why don't you start with what we mean by that? You know, this was, uh, I was listening to a podcast actually two weeks ago and um the, the guy had repurposed it because this was just at the beginning stages of when people were going to need to keep the social distance. And he talked about, and it really caught my attention, being calm amidst the chaos. Because as leaders, our emotions, our demeanor are contagious. People look to us and we need to be real and that we're concerned. But we also need, they need to feel calm and confident that we have not taken our eye off the ball in that the things that we are still find essential and we're purposeful about are still important and that we're going to find a way, an innovative, a creative way to execute it. Time frame may change. How we may do it certainly will change, but I think people need to feel like the leader has got their back and has also has not lost sight of why the organization is in business. Yeah, I think it's natural for anyone to feel this unsettledness, maybe even frantic stress, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. We just want to be able to manage that both not only for ourselves, but for our families and for the people who are following behind us and with us during this time. You know, I think there's two big implications here. You know, stress increases cortisol. and Mm -hmm. When our cortisol is increased, it's like that energy attracts like energy, right? The leader's anxious and stressed. The people around them are anxious Mm -hmm. and stressed. And no one's operating in their ideal zone. No, and and so what we need to be aware of, and this is really links to some of the restorative practices, we we need to know what our default tendencies are under stress. And all Mm -hmm. of our default tendencies tend to have this increase in cortisol, which makes us less effective, less creative, less innovative. So it's recognizing that in the moment and not staying stuck there. And that's why it's very important to have consistent practices so that we can be as fresh and energized and aware of what's happening in these challenging times. You know, I read, I want to share this with you, this idea about cortisol and the impact that it has even on decision making of leaders. Gideon Nave is a professor at a Wharton and he's done some research on this topic of decision making. And he created this test called the cognitive reflection test. And it tests the impact of cortisol 
on decision making. I'm going to see how you make out in this test. Okay, are you oh. are, are you game for this? Are you is this pass ready fail for this? or is it uh, marked on a curve? Okay. <laughs> no, it is definitely pass fail. Definitely pass fail. Right. Okay, so here it is. Okay. It's based on one question only, and it's around baseball, so you should do fairly well here. Oh, I, yeah, I got an unfair advantage, I believe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's a baseball bat and there's a ball. Together, the two cost a dollar ten, one dollar and ten cents. The bat costs a dollar more than the ball. So, what's the price of the ball? A nickel. Okay. Well, most people say ten cents. A nickel is correct. <laughs> Well, I'm not most people. <laughs> so most people, when they do that test, they answer with an intuitive answer, which is generally 10 cents. They answer very quickly. So the bat's a dollar more. That means the bat is a dollar 10. So together they would be a dollar 20. So the correct answer is five cents and the bat is a dollar five. So you are exceptional and you did have the unfair advantage, right? Because you have background in baseball. Okay. But what most of their findings turn out to be is that when cortisol is raised, people are more likely to answer very quickly, not deliberately, and they don't think their answers through. They're more likely to go with their gut as opposed to really taking the time to think through a decision. That's the impact of stress, increased cortisol during these times, right? We're not able to really think things through and make the best decision. You're actually triggering me to potentially go off the rails, but that's when uh, Kahneman talked about fast and slow thinking. The fast thinking is our survival instinct, and it can be wrong because when it's fear-driven, and so you're talking about slowing that thinking down a little bit so that we can make the decision and choice that is more uh, aligned with the outcomes that we're intending to produce. Interesting example. Yeah, so it was really cool research, but I think I was talking with one of my clients and we were thinking about, okay, so this all sounds great, but how do you remain confident and calm? And we talked about a couple of things and we're going to get into some restorative practices later that would be really helpful. But one of the things we were talking about is just taking the time to be a very keen observer of yourself throughout the day and make some tweaks. Don't judge it. You know, Mm -hmm. understand that Mm -hmm. it's natural to rate your emotions. There's a lot at stake. Your emotions are raised. It's natural. Don't judge it, but be a keen observer and allow yourself to make some tweaks in how you're showing up for other people. I actually think that leads very nicely into the restorative practices. And one of the reasons we want to make sure that we are, as leaders doing these practices, is we have to first lead ourselves effectively before we can lead others. And I think even we could do one right now, just deep breathing, right? Take an in-breath for four and make the out-breath longer is an example of a restorative practice that gets oxygen to all parts of the body, slows us down a little bit, and informs better decision-making. So why don't we just try that, and then then we'll move into some of the things. But let's take a deep diaphragmatic breath in for the count of four, and then out for longer than four. And that's a simple one that we can do just in between things or when we notice ourselves becoming anxious. As we think of restorative practices, we would sort them into four different categories, physical, spiritual, mental, and social emotional. 
and I'm actually kind of excited that I have more time now, uh, or at least so far in this virtual environment that I've really been paying more attention to my uh, restorative practices physically. I have been walking every day up to four miles. I've been doing, a, some of my younger, more fit clients laugh at this. I've been doing 100 push-ups every day, hydrating better, sleeping a little later, actually, because <laughs> I don't have the commute time. And so yeah, I'm really yeah. taking care of myself in this area of physical. Now, the one thing I am worried about is I am more chair-bound these days. And so I need to be mm. more mindful through my meditation practices to get up periodically to walk, to do some light stretching so that I don't uh, get myself too stiff from uh, all of this virtual collaboration that's going on. So that's yeah, one, yeah. one thing. And that's just in the physical area. That's nice. That's nice. I have the same thing, Ralph. I, it's really interesting. I've maintained my, a workout, you know, I still get up at around 4.30. I know that sounds really crazy, but get up at 4.30. I like to do some cardio and then I jump on my, my gym is now doing virtual classes. So I do a strength training from six until seven. And I so appreciated the opportunity to continue these. They give me energy throughout the day. But like yesterday, you know, just being on, it's like a Zoom workout from six to seven. It was an abs class or a core class yesterday. And my dogs were in the class. And so there's like almost 30 people making a comment about Cindy's dogs running across the screen. It's pretty funny. But, you know, I think it's, this isn't going to be forever. Hopefully, no. this isn't forever. And I think it's really neat to sort of appreciate these different times and to almost lean into it and enjoy it. You know, I, certainly there's a lot of suffering going on and I don't want it to discount sure. that at all. But I think where we can appreciate some of these kind of simpler moments, I like the idea that we can do that. So this is all framed under leading self uh, as far as the restorative practices. I mean, when we talked about the physical, but when we look at the spiritual, spiritual really means meaning and purpose. And, you know, we talked about the very opening of this podcast, keep your eye on the ball. You know, keep your eye on the ball through reflective practices on uh, what your purpose here is. And it also ties to confident and calm. The first thing that you don't want to do is cancel your restorative practices. You've got to, if we're going to lead people to levels of effectiveness through this challenging period, we first have to get ourselves at that level. So stay committed to those daily rituals that give you the energy that allow you to manage through these uncertain and challenging times. I have a morning ritual mentally of anywhere from 45 minutes to 90 minutes meditating and reading. I am so excited. I can actually extend this period right now. And so part of my restorative practices is on personal development. How can I get my mind sharper in areas that will not only help me, but will help our business achieve some of the things that we've outlined during you know, 2020? So this is providing a really interesting opportunity to accelerate personal development. And I usually use that in the mental area. And the fourth area that we've, we like to emphasize in uh, restorative practices is 
social and emotional. And I think there's been lots of things written about, you know, how do we connect creatively? And I think this would be good for our listeners. I mean, I was on a, a board meeting call on Wednesday night and um, the guy that was leading the call said he was going to have a virtual cocktail hour with his daughter as soon as the mm. call ended at 6.30. And it got me thinking about, you know, uh, how, you know, taking a client to lunch, right? <laughs> he gets his lunch, I get my lunch, and we we have the same conversation. I love that. Uh, I love that. But we just have it virtually. And so I think this, this idea, and, and as this thing either changes or morphs, elongates, we're going to have to really make a concerted effort on this social and emotional renewal. Because I've been taking at least one to two hours a day working on my restorative practices so that I can remain confident and calm and keep my eye on the ball. You know, that's really great, Ralph. I loved hearing about that. We, um, I think this idea of emotional connection, the stories that I've been hearing just in the last week are just really neat hearing about people, you know, my coaching meetings with my clients and seeing them sitting in their living room or their home office or just catching the glimpse of a picture behind them in these, you know, video coaching meetings that we've been doing. It's making such a stronger connection, one that we would have never had if we weren't in this circumstance. And so I think there's some good that can come out of it. And there's really some neat ways of making connections with people personally and professionally, right? I have I have a woman, I was starting a class next week, taking a calligraphy class, and I texted her and said, hey, how about, could you teach us over Zoom or something? And so hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully that'll come out. But I, you know, I think these restorative practices are really, the purpose of this is to make sure that we are energized. And that helps us to be confident and calm and to keep our eyes on the ball. And so all three of these areas are really linked. Really good. Absolutely. Really good. Absolutely. I, one thing I just add, you know, I've noticed in my daily walks how much friendlier people are. <laughs> and maybe it's me, mm. but I mean, you know, energy is contagious, but people who, you know, you have no idea who they are, but we seem to be, people are friendlier, they're more helpful. And I think for me, I just want to keep that in mind. And I want to make sure I carry that not only throughout this challenge, but beyond. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So just to kind of summarize in some final words, we really believe that leaders can use this time to really emerge stronger on the other side. And three ways that they can do that is to, number one, make sure they keep their eyes on the ball. Don't lose sight of the vision and the purpose, their own individual, their teams and their organization. And, and you use the word repurposing events as opposed to just canceling them for a time to be determined. The second area we talked about is how to remain confident and calm and the effects of cortisol and how that really impedes decision making. And we want people to remain confident and calm so that they are making the right decisions for themselves and their teams and their organization. And then the last was around restorative practices. Don't be afraid to spend more time in that area. You know, there is the tendency for people, believe it or not, to work longer and harder at home Mm -hmm. versus at the office. As much as you want to believe it, people are finding that they're actually working longer because there is no transition from office 
to parking garage, to driving home, to pulling in the in their own home, right? And so really spend time on the restorative practices so that that will fuel confidence, calm, and keeping your eyes on vision and purpose. I'd just like to add one last thing. Use this time as an opportunity to truly slow down to go faster. 